we would be happy to receive 9 million euros for doing nothing. I've now got that Katie Mellora song in my head. There are 9 million questions for the podcast. And 9 million euros in my bank account. It's all in Spain. It's Friday, June 4th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, a master student in civil engineering and Zeeschluis Eimuiden elephant. And with me today is Gordon Derek, contributing editor, Dutch News and Wappie timeshare owner. You you insisted on this job title, Gordon. I Can you please explain me why you wanted to have it? <laughs> this is to do with the, the um, fact that uh, uh, Willem Engel, the, uh, the, 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 the prince of Vapis, uh, turns yeah. out uh, in news that will shock absolutely nobody uh, to have been to be a bit of a grifter. Um, because oh, really? uh, he, <laughs> surprise, surprise, he's he obviously Notice the absence of gaps following this statement. Yes. Um, he, he's taken in a lot of donations for his, um, you know, uh, his, his uh, virus, uh, virus vaccine campaign. Uh, he's called, he, he calls it virus Wahrheit, but I like to stick with the traditional Dutch name. Name, I think that's uh, appropriate. So yeah. virus Fanzin have, have have taken in thousands of euros of donations, and it turns out that he's spent about fifty thousand euros of this um, on some property in Spain, a holiday oh. home. So wow. Yeah, so if if you've donated to Virus Vanzin, uh, you have contributed to uh, Willem Engel's uh, holiday home. So hmm. I hope he's raising a glass to you. Do, um, we know, do we know where in Spain he bought this property? No, and I don't uh, really care. But uh, ah. I, I suspect the next step is he's going to offer everybody a timeshare in this uh, in this property yeah. and uh, suggest that they put a send a non-refundable deposit to his Spanish <laughs> bank account. <laughs> probably non-traceable as well pay me yeah. in bitcoins pay me in bitcoins <laughs> exactly. um, or in form coins uh, which yeah, is also yeah. a thing that's going to happen apparently in form um, coins oh the, is this the um, the central bank cryptocurrency uh, the, the forum oh, coin. forum coins yeah, yeah no Jerry yeah. announced that he's going to uh, start launch his own um, uh, uh, cryptocurrency called yeah. forum coin so yeah if you if you want if you if you're looking for ways to uh, to throw away your money and uh, this is another mm. one donate yeah. to willem engel or uh, invest in uh, in uh, in forum uh, or coin. maybe both but buy some or forum both. coins and then give them to willem engel that would be a perfect yeah. circular uh, <laughs> <laughs> waste so of circular money way, yeah. circular way to shoot yourself in the foot yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, yeah. or you can buy mondkapjes from uh, Siewert van der Linden. Yes, we'll, we'll get on to that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it'd be yeah, but, but totally unsurprising news that uh, Willem Engel is not uh, being exactly, uh, um, yes, yeah, so it's, it's not spending the money people give him on uh, on on good causes and the spread of uh, information. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're an elephant this week, Paul. So I what's am. that about? Well, um, we remember, of course, when um, uh, uh built the largest uh, sea lock in the in, in Europe and asked the internet to come up with a name. Uh, of course, everyone um, uh, uh, submitted a Sluisje Max Sluisface, because yeah. that's, of course, what you do on the internet. But yes. they didn't choose that name, which they definitely should have. But instead, they went with the very um, 
uh, unimaginative name zeesluis Aimuiden. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's <laughs> what it was, the, the jury report said. It's a zeesluis and it's in Aimuiden. So we're just going to call it zeesluis Aimuiden. So now, um, I believe it's in Blijdorp. Uh, a baby elephant was born recently. And now mm. the, the zoo uh, is asking the internet again to submit names for the newly born elephant. And uh, instead of... Uh, Trunky McTrunk face, uh, which is also quite popular, um, mm. people are submitting the name Zeesluis Aimuiden. So there is a big chance uh, that this elephant will be named Zeesluis Aimuiden, and I hope they will name it that. Yeah, surely it should be Zeesluif Aimuiden. That'd <laughs> yeah, be that would, be, would be better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine an elephant called Zeesluis Aimuiden. Yeah, that would be uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how many. Th- 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 there was news this week as well. Actually, that there's been uh, a big surge in births at the start of this year, which was obviously nine months after of, the start of, of the elephants pandemic. Or, uh, or no or, people. Or oh, people. But, but oh. I wonder how how many of these babies yeah. will be called uh, Zeesluis Aimuiden. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Irma. Or, uh, I think a lot of them will be called Irma. A lot, a lot of Irmas, definitely. There yeah. should be. And yeah. and not so many Hugo. No, and not so many, <laughs> not so many Mark. Or, or not so many Mark. Yeah. <laughs> or Willem. Yeah. Yeah, it depends a bit on the person, right? If you uh, uh if you bought, if you if you recently invested in uh, in real estate in uh, in Spain, then I think there is a, a big <laughs> chance that you will n- name your newborn Willem. So lots of op-pef about um uh, Spanish property and vapis, but also um some uh, op-pef that goes uh, d- that goes back a bit further in time, <laughs> uh, even than the elephant. So what was uh, this week's op-pef of the week, Paul? Yeah, on, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Dutch singer Maan was a guest on talk show Bo. Uh, she was there to talk about a new charity that uh, wants to give every Dutch child an opportunity to learn to play a musical instrument. But that wasn't the topic that caused the ophef. Because in another segment on the show, pollster Gijs Rademakers, who we know of the Een Vandaag Opinie panel, and the podcast favorite very grumpy old man and historian <laughs> uh, Maarten van Rossum, they were talking about their new podcast about their shared lifelong fascination with dinosaurs and all things prehistoric and while they were naming their favorite dinosaurs such as a tyrannosaurus rex or a brontosaurus etc man broke into the discussion and she asked a question that raised a lot of eyebrows she asked how is it possible we know all these names after so much time um, a clip of her <laughs> asking this question went viral <laughs> on twitter with people wondering if she really thought the dinosaurs named themselves uh, several million years ago mm. um, but others commented that uh, stupid questions uh, do exist after all and uh, the 24 year old singer responded to the opf on instagram with a photoshop of herself of her face on the head of a brontosaurus uh, <laughs> in response so yes yeah, she uh, she realized that it wasn't the, the the smartest thing to ask but yeah um yeah it's uh, it was it was very funny yeah i, I just like the idea that the, the dinosaurs went around calling themselves things like you know Jan or dave <laughs> yeah. or, or probably zeesluis eimouden actually <laughs> Yeah, the Zeesluis Amadosaurus. Yeah, yeah, the Zeesluis Osaurus. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. It was uh, it was a very funny moment, and uh, yeah. yeah, she responded to it in a uh, positive way. So, yeah, she uh, took it in good spirit. To be fair, indeed. To her. indeed. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was a good bit of yeah, a, a, a good uh, light-hearted moment. Indeed. This week we had uh, bad news about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. We are calling it Johnson and Johnson now. Now everything is going bad. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. We no longer call it the Dutch yeah. name. It, it, on the Andy Murray principle. 
Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, there's also news from the formation that came to a standstill. Uh, we have not only cricket, but also rugby news. And wow. a grandmother in Zeeland gained a new feathery family. Hmm. The next milestone of lifting the lockdown will be reached on Saturday, when museums, cinemas and theatres will open with restricted numbers, restaurants can serve indoors, and you can have four visitors to your home. And... More importantly, indoor spaces can open in zoos and amusement parks, so the Droomvlucht is oh, back on. So Geert Wilders is very happy this week. He'll be delighted. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. that happy in Parliament yesterday. We'll come to that uh, maybe a bit later on. He's never happy in Parliament. I've never seen him happy in Parliament. He's always no. yelling, he's always angry, he's always mad. Occasionally he makes jokes about people's socks, but yeah, he's usually quite angry. Oh, uh, I but he'll, be, he'll be very <laughs> delighted this weekend that he can uh, go on the, the Droomvlucht. Uh, I, I suspect he's booked it for the whole day. He'll just go round and round. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the RIVM said that all signals were green for further reopening. Um, the figures are looking much, much better. On Thursday, the number of patients in intensive care with coronavirus fell to less than 400, which is uh, the first time that's happened since the middle of October, and a 52% drop in the last four weeks. The number of patients being admitted to hospital in the last week has fallen below 100, and the number of positive tests is down by 11% from a week ago, and it's now at around 2,800. And Health Minister Hugo de Jonge is due to have his coronavirus vaccine on Friday, just as we reach the 10 million um, mark in the number of vaccines given. Oh, and knowing Hugo de Jonge, this will not be, he will not turn this into a PR moment. He will not invite any ph- photographers to uh, to record this no. uh, this moment. It'll be a very low-key event, I think. Very he'll just, ta- he'll just turn up at the sports centre in his, um, or the local vaccine centre in, in, in his sneakers without telling anybody, have the shot, sit for 15 minutes and go away. No fanfare whatsoever. No, no. Yeah, yeah, and and then if he forgets his vaccine card, he'll blame his wife. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, who would be uh, the person standing next to him? Because we know every yes. single person that has been vaccinated in the Netherlands has taken a photo with uh, Hugo de Jonge standing next to him without yeah. wearing Hugo a face Hugo mask. Hugo de Jonge without a mask on. Yeah, I think two questions here. First of all, will Hugo de Jonge wear a mask for his own vaccine? Yeah, I think so because the the, the excuse they always gave was he sta- he was standing uh, one and a half meters away from the person that was being vaccinated, so that's why he di- that's why he didn't need to wear a uh, a face mask. But when you are being vaccinated, then you are in close proximity of a person. Yeah. So I think he will be wearing one. There will be uh, a unique moment because that will be the first time we will see <laughs> Hugo de Jonge wearing a face mask. Yeah. Uh, so that is already a noteworthy moment. And um, yeah, but but who's going to take the photo with Hugo de Jonge? Who's going to yeah, stand next to him? Good well, I, I think uh, they'll. Uh, my theory is that he'll will will have a <laughs> no. He'll have a heart, he'll have a cardboard cutout of himself standing yeah, next to standing yeah. next to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, so standing yes. and, and, and and clapping because he's, he's always he's yeah. always uh, he's always applauding the uh, the vaccine yeah. shot being given. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic Hugo de Jonge pose. And will the cardboard um, uh, doll of, uh, of Hugo de Jonge be wearing a face mask? <laughs> no, probably not. No, no. But it will be very, it will be wearing terrible shoes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I heard uh, Mark Rutte also got his vaccine uh, this week, right? Yes, and it now turns out he's one of the very small number of people who will yeah. get the single shot Janssen vaccine. Uh, because, uh, yeah, two days after uh, Rutte was photographed getting his injection on Monday, uh, the Dutch government announced uh, that they were going to stop using uh, yeah. Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, as we're now calling it, <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> f- for everybody under 40. And of course, the, uh, the the vaccine rollout has now reached the under 40s. So basically, no one else 
will get a call up. They're not abolishing it altogether. They are still using it for people who have kind of uh, logistic problems having two shots, like if you're people in the armed forces who are away or sailors or the homeless as well, because obviously the homeless oh. people are hard to track down sometimes. So uh, it, it, they want to away. Yeah. Well, they just don't have a fixed address, so it's yeah. it's hard to get in contact with them. So it's easier just give them one a single vaccine. But but but, but for the general population, Johnson Johnson vaccine is uh, being taken out of circulation, and it's joined AstraZeneca in the bin basically uh, because yeah. of a very small number of cases of severe blood clotting. Um, uh, so AstraZeneca is only being used for over sixties. And uh, Janssen is now being on use for over 40s. And uh, yeah, anyone who is over 40 who's booked in for the Janssen already and doesn't want it can request an alternative. And uh, which vaccines are, go- are they going to use for the under 40s now? Do, you, do we know that? Yeah, it'll, it'll just be the Pfizer or the Moderna. In fact, those okay. are basically the only two vaccines that people are gonna, uh, going to receive who haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, and of course, the, the, yeah, the other thing with the um, AstraZeneca and I think Janssen is that uh, they're less effective against some of these new variants that are going around, yeah. whereas Pfizer have um, been proven to be very good against the variants this- so far. Is this is this a uh, definite uh, a decision that they're going to completely stop with Johnson and Johnson or Johnson and Johnson or are they going to uh, resume this at some point? Is there a possibility they will do that or not? No, I think they're basically just uh, not uh, not going to use it, except for this very uh, small restricted group of people who um, uh, hmm. yeah, who can't make two appointments. Yeah. So effectively, all the vaccination from from this point on will be with um, either Pfizer or Moderna. And um, I think uh, the GGD reckon that around 10 to 15% of people um, who've been offered the Janssen have, have refused it and want a oh, different yeah. one. The other thing is that when this news came, came out that uh, they had concerns about Janssen uh, and they were going to offer people an alternative, um, they got so many calls to the call centre, it actually held up the vaccine rollout. So they, they were supposed to um, uh, start uh, booking in people who were born in 1982 on Wednesday, and they just had to stop because they had to field, yeah. field all these calls from uh, people who were worried about uh, Johnson Johnson. So that's another sort of logistical problem it's created. Is it's actually held up the entire uh, of the vaccination yeah. program. Uh, and I also uh, heard that Willem Alexander also got a uh, King Willem Alexander also got a vaccine, uh, and that was also uh, Johnson and Johnson, I think. So. Ah. They are both uh, a very, uh, very select group of uh, of uh, of Janssen uh, vaccine receivers. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah they, they've got they've got the rare vaccine. So yeah, I don't know if that gets you extra points on Instagram or something. Yeah, I think it will turn them orange for the uh, for the uh, European Championship. That'd be useful for the football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you have an orange king, indeed, the, the, the Prince of Orange. Yeah, and uh, there's also some travel news, isn't there? Yes, uh, we're, everyone's talking. About, everyone's thinking about holidays and talking about traveling now that the lockdown is ending, um, and the whole issue of uh, uh, whether you need to take a test to travel and who should pay for it. Um, first of all, a few countries and regions have been added to the yellow list: uh, Finland, Ireland, Bulgaria, and the Italian island of Sardinia. Uh, oh. If you go to any of these places now, you don't need to take a coronavirus test before you come home, or you go into quarantine. But some of these, a lot of these countries, are still restricting incoming tourism. So, for example, Ireland is not allowing people in until July the 19th. Uh, Compulsory quarantine has been approved by the Senate on Tuesday and immediately took effect. And that means that if you come from a red country, um, incidentally, most of India now isn't red anymore. It's uh, it's, it's back down to orange. 
Um, a few a few Indian provinces are still red. But if you come back from a from a red country, um, you now uh, are. Uh, required to go into quarantine uh, for 10 days. You can test to release after five days. And if you don't, you get a 339 euro fine. Uh, if you come cool. back from an orange country, you are strongly advised to quarantine and you will get the calls to check if you're complying with quarantine, but uh, you don't risk a fine. And also the health boards have given into pressure this week to stamp people's yellow vaccine booklets. Do you have a yellow vaccine booklet, Paul? I don't, no. Uh, no, no, I don't. I've got a I very didn't even know one. what they were talking about because they uh, th- th- there was some opeth about it because yeah. I think half of the vaccine uh, locations uh, stamp these uh, yellow cards and uh, half of yeah. them don't. Uh, and I didn't know what they were talking about, but apparently it's a thing. I never yes, traveled to to um, to the Far East, for example, where you I think then it is required to have one, right, to prove which exactly, vaccine you yeah. have, for example. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a thing you get that if if you go to countries where you're required to show proof of vaccination before you enter, uh, then you have this yellow booklet. And it's stamped with whatever vaccines you have. I, I, I've got one from 1992 when I went oh. to Zimbabwe and I had to have a yellow fever jab. Oh. Um, but uh, I suspect that it's probably out of date now. I have to get a new one. But I suspect yeah. there's going to be a, a lot of yellow book snobbery now at vaccine centers. People yeah. ostentatiously waving the yellow book. See, look at me. <laughs> I've been to China. <laughs> yeah. Because or, actually, you, don't, you don't really I, need it. I had Yonsa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually you don't really need it because the the vaccine passport is coming in at the start of July and uh, that will actually be a um you know a, an EU approved proof uh, proof of vaccination whereas the yellow booklet doesn't have any have any uh, real legal status except in those yeah. countries that require it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How how does this uh, uh uh vaccine passport actually look like? Is it a, is it another card that you bring with you or is it uploaded on your ID card or how, um, how does that work? Actually? No, it's literally just a little yellow booklet. Uh, lo- like um, uh, like yeah. the yellow card. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. And, and you'll do, 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 like an old-fashioned passport, basically. It's mm. just a little cardboard booklet um, and it's yeah, it, it's got space to, to stamp um, you know, details of whatever vaccines you've had. All right. It's quite an old-fashioned thing, actually. Um, whereas do, you yes, get, the, the, uh, do you get a stamp for every vaccine that you got, so you can uh, you can collect all the vaccines? Yeah, like exactly. Like in the old days, <laughs> when, you, when you traveled to, uh, uh, around Europe and you collected all the stamps of all the countries, uh, ma- yeah. maybe you can uh, oh. m- maybe you can have a new game like this with uh, with vaccines. Yeah, or, or maybe once you've had half a dozen vaccines, you can get a cut-price pan set at Albert Heijn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing on travel is that uh, the cabinet's t- uh, done a U-turn on testing for travellers. Uh, Hugo de Jong has said that if you go away on holiday this summer, you should pay for your own uh, tests. But now mm. Parliament has said they should be free. So uh, the cabinet is now going to arrange for, to, to, to cover the cost of uh, testing for anyone who goes away in July or August, uh, which they reckon will cost about 350 million euros. That's, uh, that's a lot of money. Well, it's, 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 yeah, it's only sort of three and a half times what they paid for a load of face masks they didn't use, which uh, we'll that's come right, to later. Yeah. So, so if perhaps you, uh, it's not so bad. No, that's right, yeah. So, um, yeah, as we were recording, um, it finally happened, didn't it? Yes. Uh, Hugo de Jonge got his vaccine. Hugo de Jonge got his vaccination, yeah. And uh, I'm delighted to say that he's actually been photographed, I think for the first time, wearing a face mask. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, he's wearing a face mask. Yeah. Uh, 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 w- w- we didn't expect it, but he finally uh, he finally he's finally wearing one after yeah. one and a half years of a global pandemic. Yes. So well done to Hugo for finally cottoning onto that. I'm disappointed there isn't a picture of a pair of shoes on the face mask. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a personalized face mask. Yeah. yeah, that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Or 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 uh, or uh, or a photo of uh, Sirius van der Linden's <laughs> face on it. Yeah, maybe on his t-shirt. Yeah, he's wearing a very plain uh, t-shirt. He has kind of dressed down for it. I've never seen Hooker look quite so dressed down as in his picture. That's one thing. Really? Oh, he, he I, often when he goes to the um, uh, outbreak management team uh, meetings at the Godhouse, he's uh, sometimes wearing. He, well, it's very often wearing uh, a casual outfit. And he one time he uh, he arrived um, in his uh, speed uh, cycling gear, which was uh, oh. very disturbing. I have to admit. <laughs> that sounds appalling. It was yeah, appalling. I'm glad he's not wearing that. No, 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 no. Uh, fortunately, he is not. And there is one thing that also stands out on this picture. Yes. Yes. W- yeah. What is it? Which is, of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, and this, I think, is absolutely classic Hugo de Jonge, that uh, very prominently, right behind Hugo de Jonge's head, is a sign saying, do not take photographs. <laughs> <laughs> Which he obviously listened to. There are no photos yes. of this. Uh, 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 th- no photos were taken uh, here. No, yeah. No, of course yeah. not. Yeah. No photos are made of this scene. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, 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 it's, so yeah, the, this is kind of the, uh, the yeah, the, 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 this is like a Hugo's third Hopper House moment. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not, not maybe not quite as egregious because he's not no. actually hugging anybody. Yeah, no, that's right. But uh, yeah, and also the nurse isn't is looking straight in the camera as she's putting the needle in Hugo's arm. Oh really? So that's also even, disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is slightly slightly worrying. She's not. She, she hasn't got a clue where the needle is actually going. It could you know? It could, could be, be anywhere. Uh, I'm happy for Hugo that he finally got his uh, got his jab. Did you? You also got yes. your jab, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, because uh, yeah, uh, last week on the podcast, uh, I think I was waiting for my year to be called, and then uh, I think about an hour after we finished recording, it was, um, and I got the appointment for the the following Tuesday, which is last Tuesday, um, So, and it was at a vaccine centre that's like a two minutes bike ride from my house, so it was all very what, convenient. What was it in the brothel near your house? It was not in the brothel <laughs> near my house. The brothel is being renovated, and uh, <laughs> not as a in, vaccine center. Into a physiotherapist, but, uh, probably. I think probably yeah. into physiotherapy branch, like everything else yeah. in this country. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so I went to. Go, uh, so I got my first jab on Tuesday, and my second one is uh, on sixth of July. Ah, all right. So uh, it's going relatively uh, smoothly. The um, uh, 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 making the appointment and getting it. The whole process of making the appointment is very yeah. Well, one tip I would give to people: a lot of people say they can't make an appointment. The system says that uh, that, that that it's overloaded. Uh, often, though, if you uh, either uh, change your browser or use an incognito <laughs> window or you change your device. So if yeah. you tried on your mobile, have a try on a laptop or a, someone else's mobile. Often, you find you get through. Okay, there's a lot of glitches in the system. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. Yeah, but they uh, yeah. do actually uh, check if you are um, uh, uh, if you are of age, right? They, uh, they do. Yeah, 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 there's an age check. There, there, there's a series of about four questions to go through. One is your birth year. Um, obviously, you can lie, but then they'll double check when you go and have your vaccine. Yeah. That you have to produce ID, obviously, because yeah. you're in a hospital. Um, so, so they will they will then kick you out if you've lied about what year you were born in. Um, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. And they, they also ask you whether you want to sh- share the details of your vaccination with the RIVM. Um, and obviously it's useful if you do because then they can add you to the official records yeah. and you can help a little bit clean up the absolute basket case that is <laughs> Dutch vaccination record keeping. <laughs> the formation process seems to have reached an impasse, now CDA leader Wopke Hoekstra said on Tuesday after meeting with informateur Mariette Hamer that he doesn't want to step into a coalition with two left-wing parties. He was backed by Prime Minister and VVD leader Mark Rutte, who said he understood Hoekstra's position. 
On the other hand, a five-party coalition of VVD, D66, CDA, which we call the motor bloc, and mm-hmm. the two left-wing parties, GroenLinks and PvdA, is the preferred option of D66 leader Sigrid Kaag. Only one of the latter parties is required for a majority in the Tweede Kamer, but both GroenLinks and PvdA have said they will not join a coalition without the other. Even though the political leaders have promised Hamert not to say anything to journalists after their meetings in the interest of the information process, which he called complex, Hoekstra couldn't help telling the journalist that the differences between uh, one of the two left-wing parties and his party is simply enormous, let alone with two of them together. Both Labour leader Lilianne Ploemen and GroenLinks leader Jesse Klaver have spoken out against Hoekstra's comments. Klaver said his comments were unwise and Ploemen said Hoekstra apparently thinks the differences between his CDA party and GroenLinks and Labour are bigger than with Forum for Democracy, with which CDA formed a coalition in Brabant. Although that, that, that has since fallen apart. In yeah, that, no, in Brabant too. Yeah, in Brabant. Yeah, the the, the coalition with FAD. Yeah, I I, I kind of lost track of all the FAD uh, yeah. collapse. Uh, <laughs> coll- yeah. <laughs> uh, I I knew Limburg is 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 going bad because Johan Remkes was sent over there, but Brabant as well. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sigrid Kaag has urged the parties to step over their differences and look at the things they agree on, pointing out that all these parties work together in countless coalitions on local levels. Yeah, it's always fascinating to see these statements uh, when politicians emerge from these talks and say, I'm not going to tell you anything. And then immediately but. sort of let, 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 but, yeah, but, 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 but since you're here, since we're here, um, I can't, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really can't stand Jesse Claver. Yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he goes shopping in Jumbo, I can't do a, can't go into coalition with him. So where does that leave us? Um, uh, it looks as if um, uh, Maria Tahama isn't going to be able to, uh, identify uh, a coalition um, by her deadline of Sunday, isn't it? So, what are the options? Yeah, yeah, the deadline is indeed on Sunday. I thought yeah. it was uh, that it was a, a, a weird date on Sunday, but okay, mm. uh, the sixth of June, indeed, the D Day. Um, but yeah, she's not going to uh, uh, because Volker Hoekstra he uh, ruined everything and said basically she has to start over again. So yeah, she will definitely not reach this uh, this deadline, and she's expected to request uh, an extension of the deadline. It's going to be our Brexit, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, the five-party coalition seems to be. Uh, very unlikely now Hoekstra and also Rutte in less stronger terms uh, have spoken out against it and uh, you know there was a theory that GroenLinks and Labour wanted to hold on to each other as long as possible in order to strengthen their negotiation position but in the end uh, one of them would be willing to step down um, th- that this one left-wing party option also divides the motor bloc parties because VVD and CDA they prefer Labour which has experience in government while they says wants to uh, have the more progressive but inexperienced GroenLinks party on board. So that's, that uh, that option also divides these parties. Uh, but Hoekstra's comments have now forced uh, PvdA and GroenLinks to, you know, reinforce their promise to stick together. So paradoxically, uh, Hoekstra's comments have made this option less likely. Mm. Uh, and and then we have the third option, that's the motor block with ChristenUnie. This is, of course, the current coalition. And while it did win a majority in the last elections, which, um, uh, you know, on the surface seems to make things very easy, you know, just continue with the coalition we yeah. already have. Uh, Deze Sester uh, really does not want to continue this coalition uh, uh, because they, they have so 
again yeah. so much differences with Castanuni, for example, on medical ethical issues, yes. and also Castanuni, Gertjan Segers, the leader of Castanuni, has said on multiple occasions that he does not see himself joining a coalition. He uh, was very strong. Uh, at the beginning of the process uh, that he didn't want to do this anymore, especially after uh, the Functie Elders uh, gate. Yeah, um, and the Toeslagen Affair as well. And the Toeslagen Affair, yeah. which, yeah, which is related. Um, uh, but he has softened his position uh, in the past uh, weeks now. So there is an, uh, an opening there, but Gertjan uh, uh, Seres is definitely not willing to join it. And uh, 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 Sigrid Kaag of course opposes this option very uh, very badly and yeah. um, and then we have also a fourth option and that is a minority cabinet so VVD, D66 and CDA and the motor block they have a total of 73 seats which is three se- seats short of majority um, but yeah that's also not a desirable option uh, everyone has said in the past even though I think this is not an unworkable solution uh, because on every topic they will be able to find uh, 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 an opposition party that might be willing to work together with them. And also, if you take into account the desire of uh, you know changing the administrative culture, which mm. everyone is talking about uh, in the past months, then this is also a good way to open up the discussion and to break um, uh, sort of the the dominance of the uh, uh, of the coalition um, um so yeah this might might be uh, now i come to think of it uh, uh, a better the best solution after all this minority cabinet yeah but i, I don't think rutter was is, is fond of the idea of minority cabinets uh, at all he, he likes to be in control he, he likes to have um, yeah. um a, a coalition coalition agreement that's been nailed down in detail which is something that he's been criticized for i think also his his, his previous experience of minority cabinet of course wasn't a good one when he had the Gedoogkonstruksi. That's right. He had, yeah. he had a cabinet with the CDR and then it was supported by Pei Although Pei in practice kind of voted as if they were uh, in a coalition. coalition uh, nevertheless, yeah. ultimately, of course, Geert Wilders walked away. So, and if, if he's yeah. then having this kind of confidence and supply where he's having to seek majorities uh, on every issue from the start in both houses as well, because they yeah. don't have a majority in the Senate either, I don't see that really as an attractive option to Rutte. I had a kind of wicked thought yesterday, which was that uh, there's been a lot of all this. There's been all this talk about splitting the two left-wing parties, where they hold on together, and at some point one of them drops out, and um, you know the, the other negotiating parties seem to be trying to sort of force the issue by saying which of them they prefer, in the hope yeah. that that one then carries on because they feel like they're, they're the preferred option. What would happen if they if they just um, if they just joined up? You know, if the two parties fused and they became one party. Then I think, um, 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 uh, yeah, that, that that requires a lot of time, of course. That can't happen overnight no. um, uh, because, you know, they also <laughs> kind of need to negotiate uh, a lot of stuff uh, uh, among them. But, yeah, that would... Um, uh, how many seats would that make them? GroenLinks has eight and PvdA has nine. Oh, it's 17. Yeah, that would make them larger than CDA, yeah. indeed. Um, so yeah, that would uh, 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 give them uh, a very strong negotiation position, and that's what they're hoping. Not, they, they're trying to be one block, right? This is yeah. already what they're trying to do. Uh, but you know, on paper, there's still, or in reality, there's still two separate parties. So, yeah, exactly, uh, and, that, and that gives though, the other parties the opportunity to try and uh, yeah, f- uh, force a divide between them. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, that would be the better option for PvdA and uh, and GroenLinks. And I've said it many times before. They should just 
uh, merge because they are uh, yeah. almost interchangeable. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always I always uh, uh, bring back that uh, that case with the Stemweiser with the uh, provincial elections. Yeah. I think uh, when it was delayed because uh, both GroenLinks and uh, PvdA had answered all 30 questions exactly the same, include yeah. and also the 30 backup questions. So they yeah. uh, uh, ev- you would always end up with the same percentage for PvdA and uh, and GroenLinks. Yeah. So, yeah they uh, they should just join together. And also, yeah, but, 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 but basically, pay for the GroenLinks for millennials and GroenLinks to pay for the for boomers. No, yeah. so that's the wrong way around. I'll say that again. The other so, way around, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. Basically, pay for the GroenLinks for boomers. No, pay for the GroenLinks for boomers and GroenLinks to pay for the for millennials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the left is so fragmented, uh, uh, right? GroenLinks has eight seats, SP has nine seats, PvdA has nine seats. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they should just merge and form a, a, a real left-wing block instead of this. Yeah, One last thing is that the name Jain and Twintuk uh, is floating around once in a while as well. Whenever they say that the talks with uh, the two left-wing parties aren't going around, yep. uh, Rutter or Hoekstra will chuck up the name, oh, you know what, we can always still just do a coalition with uh, Jain and Twintuk. Is that yeah, really a realistic has, option uh, or are they just trolling them? No, they're just trolling them because yeah, in the winter is a new party. Uh, 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 Mark Rutte, remember the first day he came to um, uh, who was it then? Uh, yeah, the first day the the uh, the formation started, he um, he told journalists that he was also looking into a coalition with Ja 21, even though he hadn't read their party manifesto, so he didn't know what their position was. So they're not taking this party very seriously. Um, but yeah, it is also an option, of course, because it will. Uh, bring them over the uh, uh, over the majority threshold but i don't i don't see days as a sister teaming up with ja 21 especially no. because if you if you consider where they came from they are a splinter party from forum for democracy and they are basically still form for democracy light yeah. and they diametrically oppose basically everything days as a sister uh, stands for or prioritizes so um yeah i don't see that happen i i, I think um uh, i think a coalition with christine uh, is more likely uh, than with uh, ja 21 yeah yeah i would agree Entrepreneur, ubiquitous chat show guest and CDR golden boy Sievert van Linden was unmasked this week as a man who trousered 9 million euros worth of taxpayers' money by importing face masks. Van Linden and two associates set up an organisation called Stichting Hulptruppen Alliancy to import protective medical equipment from China at the height of the pandemic a year ago. The trio signed a 100 million euro deal with the health ministry, but although Stichting Hulptruppen was a not-for-profit organisation, the masks were actually imported by a private company that Van Linden also set up called Relief Goods Alliance. Two and this days week, before the actually payout, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this week, website Follow the Money revealed that Van Linden and his friends retained a total of 20 million euros from the deal. Yeah, and the problem is, of course, that uh, Sigurd van Linden, who is a... Uh, quite well-known media figure especially on twitter he's well known uh he always said that he uh was going to to buy these uh, face masks um without any profit right he was yeah. going to do it out of a charity uh yeah out of the goodness of his heart basically the goodness of he his wants heart. to do it for the health sector do it exactly. for the country do it for all the people suffering from corona mm-hmm. 
And he promised on numerous occasions that he wasn't going to enrich himself in any way. Uh, yeah. You know, he's only going to cover his uh, his expenses. Uh, but yeah, in the end, he uh, he ended up with nine million euros on his bank account, and that yeah. uh, uh, seems to contradict that uh, that earlier statement. Just a, a little, little bit, bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, and, yeah, and of course, his defense when all this came out was he said, "Well, he was uh, he was known as a businessman. They knew they, they should have realized it was a, a profit making venture." He wasn't a it, businessman. He he was <laughs> exactly. he was a public servant for the municipality of Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, but he said that... Uh, Which is the least entrepreneurial thing you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, he, he said that uh, it was unfortunate that a myth had grown up that he was doing this all for nothing. But of course, it wasn't hard to trace the source of this myth because it hey. had been uh, basically entirely created and put around by Sievert van Linden because he said yeah. repeatedly whenever he appeared on television that he was doing this for nothing. And he actually used the phrase on neat repeatedly. And then Which I didn't know was, uh, was an actual phrase, by the way, but uh, yeah, ah, it sounds really weird. I glad think. it wasn't just me. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, and he also felt able to quit his job as a civil servant in Amsterdam just as a pandemic was breaking out and everyone was worried about a recession and debt and keeping their jobs. Um, and he put this on Twitter and said, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to give up your job and throw your hat into the ring so it's the only way to get things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is uh, this is the most recorded lie ever, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it beats Trump, even it? Trump's it beats Trump. Trump. It? Yeah. it beats Fred Teve uh, mm. of the Bonnetje scandal. Uh, he, he said it on so many times, so it is just... Uh, hilarious that he 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 calls it now a myth that he wasn't going to do it for uh, for, for nothing. It is just uh, it is just a hilarious lie. Yeah. Um, and you know it also uh, it's also it is of course taxpayers' money that was paid for yeah. these uh, 100 million uh, euros for face masks that didn't uh, turn out to be useful after all. By the way, um, yes. what is the political response? Because I'm sure they asked uh, a lot of ministers about this. Uh, yeah, particularly Minister for Medical Care, Tamara van Ark, um, who was asked uh, questions in Parliament on Thursday uh, about this, and there was quite a heated debate about it. She defended the deal. She said uh, that the masks were offered uh, for sale by van Linden for a reasonable price, and that they were good quality, and they could be delivered quickly. Um, even though the, yeah. um, uh, the the LCH, which is the organization that uh, buys in the masks, initially rejected van Linden's offer, and of course later the RIVM uh, criticized the quality of the masks and said that they contained graphene, and yeah, therefore which, uh, which Van Linde disputes, right? He says there's nothing wrong with graphene in face masks. No, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Van Ark did concede that uh, the image of exorbitant profits being made during an international crisis is uh, not a good one. Um, <laughs> and then on Thursday, she told Parliament that uh, she'd become aware that the money had been paid in advance before any of the 40 million masks had actually mm. been delivered. So there was no risk at all to Van Linden. He got the money before he even delivered a single mask. And, of mm. course, the masks eventually turned out to be surplus to requirements, so they spent the whole time in storage. Yeah. And now they're talking about uh, they will maybe still use some in hospitals, but uh, a lot of them are going to be either recycled or, or sent on to, um, to, to third countries, uh, which I guess at the time of the, uh, the, the start of the pandemic, uh, it wasn't a bad thing. The government ordered as many masks as they could and uh, you know, didn't bother too much about you know, the, the fact they over-ordered, I don't think, wasn't a bad thing because we really, really needed no. medical masks. But yeah. nevertheless, so the, the, yeah, the details of this deal um, are becoming, yeah, are starting to unravel, basically. Yeah, and um, uh, do, do we know if this uh, money is totally uh, uh, comprised of face masks? Because I, th I believe Van Lina was also involved in uh, buying and importing uh, ventilators for hospitals, I think. So if, uh, you know, these are obviously much more expensive than, than face masks, so maybe... 
that 100 million was also spent on on these ventilators. I'm not entirely sure. No, um, neither am I, to be honest. So I thought mm. the, four, the, the 100 million was, was just for the masks, mm. but I could okay. be wrong. There are 40 million masks, and I think they were talking about a, um, a purchase price of somewhere around 250 a mask. So that would that would add up to 100 million. Yeah, yeah, so that makes that sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's also caused a lot of questions about why Van Linden got the contract because he had yeah. no experience at all of importing medical equipment or anything at all, uh, actually. Yeah. Um, and yet uh, he managed to beat uh, dozens of other bidders um, for the uh, yeah for the opportunity to to, to, to buy these masks from China and uh, sell them to the health ministry, which obviously has led to a lot of speculation that uh, somehow his political connections may have uh, helped uh, quite a bit. Yeah, because um, he, uh, he 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 co-wrote. He's one of the co-writers of the CDA Party Manifesto, for example. Yeah. Um, so he's he's he he is a uh, uh, he's not just a CDA member, right? If you co-write uh, the Party Manifesto, then you're definitely yeah. um, you know uh, uh, quite a high-ranking person within the party. And of course, we have a uh, health minister that is a CDA member. Uh, mm. um, so yeah, it, it that raises a lot of questions, but uh, I don't really believe that. I mean, it certainly helps that he has connections in 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 politics, especially if um, if the government is involved in 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 buying these uh, these products. But he basically teamed up with a lot of shady uh, business uh, businessmen. I think two or three who also enriched themselves quite handsomely with this deal, mm. uh, and he was the one with the. Um, media recognition, right? He he, yeah. he tweeted a lot of times. Oh, we really need to do something about this face mask shortage, which was real back then. Yes. We really we really needed them, and he uh, he presented himself as a sort of uh, Robin Hood that was going to you know uh, uh, bring them from China, import them from China with the help of these businessmen, and just hand them to uh, uh, basically personally deliver them to uh, whoever needed them. That's basically what he said, and was going yeah. to enrich himself. And uh, a lot of media because a lot of media people are on Twitter and they see him and they uh, picked up on this and uh, it was brought uh, he was invited on talk shows and there were a lot of interviews in the newspapers and a, a lot of people generally thought that he was going to do this you know out of charity yeah, uh, the of his heart yeah. yeah so um, uh, and, and he delivered them right uh, the, the face mask came to the Netherlands so yeah. he was uh, he had brought indeed this 100 million euros worth of face masks to the Netherlands. But, you know, the, the key thing here is that he always said, if if he had said from the beginning, I'm going to start a, uh, a face mask company, we're going to import them and I'm going to uh, get loaded. And everyone would have thought, well, OK, uh, you are you are <laughs> you are taking advantage of this uh, this pandemic. But OK, but the, the, the lie that he wasn't going to earn any money, mm. uh, that's the that's the that's the real problem here yeah that's what's really come back and uh yeah, so, yeah snaps yeah. in his face yeah like a bad bad house mask. yeah yeah has um uh has the finance minister uh, uh called for brussels to investigate this uh, potential abuse of public money that's what i'd like to know mm, probably not but <laughs> no, he's sure he's, he's sure because he, he's also a cdr politician of course but yeah. mark yeah. van ark has said she'll commission a new study into uh yeah in, into whether the public money was uh um appropriately used but yeah. given she's already put up quite a robust defence of the deal um, on television and in Parliament, uh, then I suspect that uh, that's not, not going to shed very much light either. No, um, yeah, probably from a, from a government standpoint of view, this this there was nothing wrong with this deal, right? They bought these face masks and and they spent money on it, and yeah. uh, uh, it, it happened to be not the quality they expected or was were promised. Uh, I mean, 
okay, it was a crisis situation. But of course, the other side is the real problem here. The, the real problem is that Seward promised uh, to do it for nothing. And uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, he he ended up with 9 million euros on his bank account. And that's that's the real problem here, I think. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah it, it's probably the end of Sievert's uh, political career, but I guess he's got he's got nine million euros to, yeah. to console himself with, so he, 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 yeah. we shouldn't cry too much for him. Um, yes, and of course, that's the other thing. There, 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 there is now a movement within the party to strip von Linden of his CDR membership. Uh, RTL News reported that the party's Integrity and Suspensions Committee is studying whether his actions contravene the CDR's charter, which requires... Say our members to be concerned, incorruptible, courageous, communicative, transparent, considerate, and respectful. I see a couple of those that he might uh, stumble on there, um, particularly communicative. Um, yeah. Von Nieden said uh, he had not been informed that he was under investigation, that if the committee does recommend his expulsion, he'll have a chance to appeal. Incidentally, Sieverter said he plans to give some of the money that he, he earned to good causes, but that, quote, partly depends on the consequences of the media storm for my professional career. Which yeah. is kind of quite a rich uh, thing to say when uh, you've whipped up the storm yourself yeah, by indeed. lying about uh, whether or not you're making profit from face masks. Yeah, it's an uh, interesting character, this person. If your selfless philanthropy and courageous pandemic management has accidentally made you 9 million euros richer, you could think about sponsoring the Dutch News podcast on Patreon. Imagine how much <laughs> land uh, Sirith can buy in Spain now. Yeah, with his nine million. How many euros. holiday yeah. homes he could uh, he could buy for himself? Yeah, I think he can buy the entire country. As a patron, you get a free shout out on the podcast, our eternal and undying gratitude, and the chance to ask us a question. This week, we welcome three new patrons. Uh, so, hello to Adrian Glenn, to Jeremy Pochet, and to Folkmar. Uh, none of them had any questions for us, but uh, please, by all means, uh, if you feel inspired to uh, ask us about any aspect of Dutch life, uh, then uh, drop us a line, uh, either yes, by uh, Patreon or by email or on Twitter or whatever. If you'd like to join our select band of patrons, log on to www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Dutch News NL. The Netherlands is extending the deadline for British nationals to apply for a post-Brexit residency permit because more than 3,000 people who are registered as living here have not yet applied. Junior Justice Minister Anki Broekers Knol. Anki Broekers Knol. Yes, thank you. That took you way too long, uh, Gordon. Sorry. Uh, Anki Broekers Knol has decided to extend the June 30 deadline to October 1st to give the remaining British nationals more time to come forward. In total, some 45,000 British nationals who moved to the Netherlands before January 1st, 2021, need some form of residency permit to retain access to Dutch services, such as healthcare, now that Britain has left the EU. By May 1st, some uh, 36,500 people have been given a residency permit and a further 5,600 people have swapped their EU documents for a Brexit permit. So far, 183 requests for residency have been refused. So yeah, they're not uh, they're not very uh, f- they're not very strict with uh, handing out these. No, uh, they're they're being very generous with the uh, yeah, with the requirements. Yeah. Uh, in contrast to um, uh, the Dutch government's uh, attitude to other groups of immigrants, I yeah. think uh, <laughs> b- b- uh, British nationals are getting a pretty easy ride. Which uh, everyone who has been in Amsterdam after 6 p.m. knows that British uh, uh, people are not very desirable. They're n- they're not the ones who live here on the whole. Oh, so okay. Let's be fair to them. Okay, yeah, good that you distanced yourself from uh, from <laughs> yes, the sir. British tourists. Yes. Um, 
People who, despite all communication efforts, do not submit an application will eventually lose their rights in line with the withdrawal agreement. Further decisions need to be made about the consequences of submitting an application after the extended grace period has ended, Knoll said. The uh, Immigration Service, IND, said it is now going to work together with other organizations involved to find out if the remaining group of 3,000 British nationals actually live here. If they do, then they will be actively encouraged to make use of the extended period to apply, the organization said in a statement. The IND previously targeted special help at the elderly and people without the skills to deal with the paperwork themselves, and in February sent everyone over the age of 70 a postcard, reminding them that they can ask for help with their application if they need it. Yeah, and I have to say, I've been through this process myself. It, it is pretty straightforward. Um, it's, it's not difficult. The IND have a special section on their website. You can go to ind.nl slash Brexit, which uh, talks you through the process in uh, uh, yeah, in fairly straightforward language. Um, it, it takes a little while. You have to get your fingerprints taken. Really? Like a common criminal? Indeed. Yeah. Are they going to check all the land posts on the red square uh, or red light district in Amsterdam if you have been there and if so then uh, your, your request will be denied probably they'll be busy for, for years uh, sorting that out <laughs> um, but yeah you have to take all you have to get all your fingerprints taken so all 10 fingers and thumbs <laughs> oh, wow. um, if, if you lost a finger they have to note it in the record I did ask about that when I, when I went to get it uh, get it done did um, you lose a finger I didn't lose a finger oh. no but I was just curious ah. uh, people, uh, on behalf of people who had yeah Real investigative journalism, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it's a very easy process. I, I suspect that a lot of these 3,000 people have just left and yeah. not bothered to sign out of the local authority register. Yeah, um, that's probably it. And then there might be a few who just haven't got round to it, aren't aware. Because there, there are people who've uh, been living in this country for 20 years, haven't learned to speak Dutch, uh, don't really follow what the government's doing, and maybe aren't maybe aren't even aware that Brexit's happened. I don't know. If only there was a, a an English language website with Dutch news on the internet. Yeah, anyone's got any concerns about this? Uh, yeah, either go on the IND website or get in touch with us at Dutch News or on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, as I say, it's it, it's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. It's just over a week to go until Aranya kick a ball in a summer football tournament for the first time in seven years, and already there is orange toilet paper for sale in Albert Hain. Yeah, I spotted... No, it wasn't orange toilet paper, just uh, the wrapping was orange. Well, no, but actually, if you look closely, it's um, if it's the toilet paper I'm thinking of uh, with, the, with the little puppies. Yeah? The puppies are orange. Oh, really? Oh, okay, roll. I yeah. haven't uh, looked yeah. at it that, uh, that closely. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. No, you, you maybe need to buy a pack to see. No, no that's um, way too expensive toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, yeah. Um, the Dutch warm-up didn't exactly go to plan. Uh, they could only manage a two-all draw in Portugal this week with uh, Scotland. So, the Netherlands went behind twice, first to a goal by Jack Hendry after Memphis Depay gave the ball away, and then in the second half when Kevin Nisbet rounded off a fine move. Depay redeemed himself by scoring both equalisers, and the second one was a finely crafted free kick just two minutes before the end, so denied the Scots a famous victory. I didn't uh, watch the game, but I uh, saw on Twitter that basically everyone unanimously demanded the resignation of Frank de Boer after this game. (laughs) What uh, What did Frank de Boer have to say about it? Yeah, he was very comfortable about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> he said it was an experimental system. You can't expect the team to master the dark arts of kicking a ball to each other overnight. <laughs> no, especially, I mean, they paid more than Siewert van Linde, right? You, yeah. you, you expect them to do it well, but okay, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the team had some good moments, but too few of them, said De Boer. Um, in fact, uh, virtually none apart from the free kick by Depay. Uh, Depay himself also said there was nothing to worry about, and he said that, you know, he still had to get used to things as well. He he hadn't played with Wout Vechorst uh, before, and I suppose mm. Depay had to be careful to stay one and a half metres away from yeah. Wout Vechorst because Vechorst hasn't had the coronavirus in uh, vaccination. Worth saying that uh, Scotland left seven of their players at home because uh, one of them tested positive for coronavirus, so they weren't at full strength either. Uh, the Dutch now play their final warm-up game against Georgia in Enschede on Sunday. All right. I didn't know US states were uh, allowed to uh, participate in the European <laughs> Championship, but um, I mean, we have Australia in the Eurovision as well, so everything exactly. is possible after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, d- d- there was also news about uh, Frank de Boer's brother, right? He uh, he became ambassador for Qatar. <laughs> yeah, for the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, he's been photographed uh, wandering around the desert like Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tr- tr- yeah. Trying to blend in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said that uh, I'm, I'm becoming an ambassador for, um, uh, for, for the World Championship. It has nothing to do with money. I'm not being paid 9 million euros. Uh, I'm also not <laughs> no, going to buy to any more, property probably. in Spain. Um, and he said uh, our, our view of, of, of this uh, slave state is uh, too yeah. one-sided. Yeah, we need to we need to listen more to the slave owners. Yes, we need to listen more to the slave owners. We need to talk more about the football and less about uh, the thousands of people who've died constructing the stadiums. Yeah, it's because uh, that's it's, just uh, yeah unwanted distraction. It's a shame. It's it's just outrageous. I mean, I, I just can't. Some kind of unfortunate myth has grown up uh, suggesting that uh, people have yeah. construction workers have died. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, we could at this point we could we could have the the world championship in the Colosseum in Rome, and we would still have less slaves dead in that stadium. I mean, sometimes cancel culture has gone too far, but in this case, uh, it's not. I mean, uh, we should uh, we should cancel Ronald de Boer uh, immediately, and also Frank de Boer. I, as yes. if I have to believe uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think definitely that'd be a good move. Cancel the Boers. Yeah, cancel all Boers. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the GroenLinks podcast right now here. I heard the cricket team is doing better. Yes, uh, the Netherlands uh, won a thrilling match against Ireland in the ODI Super League. Hmm. Uh, Whatever that might be. (laughs) uh, They won the match by one run. Um, It's the first in a three-match series to decide uh, who gets to play in the Cricket World Cup in 2023. Oh. Um, There's another game, another one-day game on Friday, and the series wraps up on Monday. Uh, So, yeah, not a chance for the Dutch to qualify for another World Cup. It was not being built by slaves. Where where is it held? No, it's hosted by India. Oh, by India. Yeah, they they treat their uh, their workers very well over there, and also there's a good result for the rugby team. Yeah, the rugby team as well. Uh, they also have a chance to qualify for the 2023 World Cup now because they've won promotion to the uh, European Championship, which is the most prestigious tournament for countries that can't qualify for the Six Nations, uh, and that's the first time they qualified for that in 20 years. And they beat hmm. Belgium uh, in oh. water in Waterloo or in oh, Waterloo really? on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I I really want now um, uh, a rugby match on the field in Waterloo between uh, <laughs> England and and France, and yeah. uh, see what will happen. Maybe a surprise yeah. visit by uh, by the Prussians. Who, who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. M- 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 maybe the Dutch will play a key supporting role yeah. again. Hmm. Yeah, it's the first time uh, the Netherlands have beaten the Belgians uh, in 17 years at rugby. Uh, the, the the final scores 23-21, and David Viersma scored 18 of the points, including a try. Their first match is also against Georgia, so uh, oh. yeah, lots going on around Georgia at the moment. Uh, yeah. They'll play in Georgia on June the 26th, 
And the top two teams uh, in that group of six will qualify for the World Cup. Uh, curious thing here is that Georgia, uh, it's actually Georgia's last game uh, in the series. They've already played and won four matches, and they're the only team, uh, yeah, the only team that can catch them uh, are the Netherlands, uh, who have who've yet to start uh, their qualifying campaign. A lot of pressure on the on the Dutch uh, shoulder, rugby shoulders. Yeah, so yeah. Georgia actually already qualified. They've already taken one of the two qualifying spots. Um, so perhaps um, they'll go easy on the Dutch. I don't know. A kestrel couple have built a nest on the balcony of an apartment overlooking the Westerschelde estuary on the edge of the Zeeland town of Terneuze, and now it has five eggs in it. The flat's tenant, Meta de Heus, said the female bird sits on the nest all day and the male brings the odd dead mouse to her. They start at 6 a.m. and it's pretty noisy, she told broadcaster Omroets Omroep Zeeland. Kestrels usually nest in holes in trees or on the ledge on cliffs or buildings and they often use the same nest sites in successive years. The chicks are likely to hatch in around a month's time and will live on the balcony for several more weeks until they are ready to fly. Until then the host has pledged to stay off the balcony. I would hate if the eggs didn't hatch because of me, she said. And even though the birds are pretty loud and uh, she cannot drink her beloved cup of coffee on her balcony for the coming weeks, she is very happy with the nest on her balcony. I have gained a new family, she said. I'm now Oma Falk. Very, very sweet. Are you going to name the chicks when they hatch? Are they all going to be called uh, Falky McFalkface? Say sluis, I'm out. Tenneuse also has a sluis, yeah. so I think she will just name them after after all the sluis uh, in, uh, in the <laughs> Netherlands. Yeah, she would definitely have to do yeah. that. Yeah. A kestrel in Dutch is uh, Torenvalk, which is a much nicer name. Yeah. It means Tower Falcon. Um, so, yeah, she's now uh, Grandma Falcon. That's what she uh, and I and I also hope they will put up a webcam or something on the balcony, uh, so, so we we keep we can keep an eye on the chicks. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be very nice. Yeah, yeah. So a, a, a nice wholesome uh, lockdown story. Yeah, uh, lockdown is almost over, but yeah, if this would have happened uh, a year ago, then it would have been well, p- probably very terrible for her because then she would have no opportunity to go out. The balcony would have been the only place she should be been able to go outside yeah. to, and then the, the kestrels are keeping her indoors. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, excellent timing from uh, from the from the kestrels. Yeah, yeah. So even the kestrels are having more babies um, in the, the after yeah. lockdown. It seems <laughs> lockdown baby yeah. boom. Yeah. And also the the uh, what's a meerkoot in in, in um, English? A moorhen. A moorhen. Well, uh, in the canal in front of my house, there are uh, uh, an, is an enormous quantity of moorhens, and they're all also very loud. Um, unfortunately not a very rare kind of bird in the Netherlands uh, so I don't have uh, anything to boast about but they they are reproducing very 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 uh, very quickly yeah. uh, more than other yeah. years so yeah I think the, the, there is a real uh, post-pandemic uh, baby boom going on perhaps the most horrifying um, aspect of, uh, of the whole pandemic is that uh, the millennials are producing a new boomer generation oh yeah but uh, hopefully we will all be dead before they uh, beca- <laughs> yeah, start to become annoying, right? they start hoovering up all the wealth and moaning about um, yeah, but people eating avocado toast. Exactly, yeah. That's all that we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. And if you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. You can also back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl and earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast. My thanks to Gordon Derek, and we'll be back next week. (music) 